Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story showing up a university teacher. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, you want proof that my fiancé is sick? You got it. I, 25-year-old female, am engaged to my fiancé, Joey, 26-year-old male. He recently had surgery on his leg and hip, but there were complications and he's been sick in weeks since. We try to not ask for help, but this has put a big financial strain on us to the point where we spent our wedding savings on his recovery. We're fine with this because if we need to have a courthouse wedding, we're cool with it. We just want him to be healthy, but we did set up a temporary donation page to help with some of the expenses. A friend of mine, Carla, 25-year-old female, donated $10 about a month ago, and I reached out to her to thank her. Last week, we posted an update, not asking for more money, but just to let people know that Joey has had another setback, and the doctors are creating an all-new treatment plan for him. Carla commented publicly and said the following, I'm beginning to question if he actually has been sick for this long, or if y'all are just trying to get more money for your wedding. Who takes this long to recover from surgery, especially when you're an athlete? I said I am very offended and appalled that you would accuse us of faking anything. Maybe you're just having a bad day or a moment of bad judgment, but how shamefully low of you. She replied, I want my donation back unless you can show proof that he's sick, in a hospital bed or sitting in a doctor's office, anything? I sent her $10 to get her off our backs but I also sent her a video with Joey's approval, the proof she asked for. One of the concerns Joey has had is that he will get severely nauseous if he eats protein, which is what he's supposed to be doing, and when he overexerts himself, which he does sometimes. I sent her a video of him dry heaving into an emesis bag in the middle of PT. Now, one of his doctors asked us to record his PT so they can see the progression of him not feeling well to hopefully make some adjustments. So, I didn't take this video just to send to Carla, but to me it seemed like solid proof since she was asking for it. She said, what the heck? I have emetophobia. I didn't know this. And this just triggered me so bad. I hope you're happy with yourself. I feel like I've been traumatized. I said, so now you have 10 more dollars to process this trauma in therapy. Man, these people are just out here trying to survive, get through things, get a little assistance if people have it in their hearts to do so. And you gotta have these people out here who have to try to turn it into a conspiracy theory. You took my $10 and you're just milking this thing. You got us, Carla. We're on to you trying to milk 10 measly dollars from you a month. If we could have just done this a month or two more, we would have had Cancun booked in our wedding plans too. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, this is good enough. I'm working on a little bit of a nightmare project at work. It's an absolute dumpster fire of a project for a plethora of reasons. But only one of those reasons just got his comeuppance and left me with a dangerously acute case of smug. This project will have a large number of users who should have access to certain areas only. Corporate espionage is a very real concern here, so the people paying for the project have very, very strict standards when it comes to access control. 
I've been trying to work with someone from that other company for months now. His job title is Data Compliance Engineer, and he's managed by a Data Compliance Manager. They share the same last name. At first, I thought this guy was busy, but as it turns out, he really just doesn't like to actually do his job. You can email him as much as you like. No answers. But when big names are in the CC field of the email, he's all smiles and cooperation. You probably know the type. Our job is to figure out what I need from him in terms of data. Then his job is to get a big list of users to me. I then feed that list into my magical script and people have access. Happy days, right? Wrong. The first test run was a couple hundred people. I get the list a week late and the data is just horrific. There's missing data, corrupted data. Just an absolute steaming pile of crap trying to pass itself off as a data set. Takes me almost 6 hours to clean it up so I can even get the script to run. I keep track of the errors and then give that list to Mr. Data Compliance Engineer, who astonishingly replies within minutes, The data is good enough, make it work. So that's how it is. Alright. Each run gets larger and larger as time goes on and the amount of time it takes me to clean everything up gets longer and longer. My attempts to get anything fixed falls on deaf ears. Data Compliance Manager is protecting the Data Compliance Engineer, and the company they work for will believe their own employees over someone from outside. I tell my management what's going on, and then I tell them I have a plan. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Earlier today, the plan yielded its delicious fruit. I got the actual production run a week late, again, and was supposed to have it all finished up for two Fridays ago. Finished cleaning and got it running at 4pm last Tuesday. At 4.30pm that Tuesday, there was a big conference call at the request of the people actually paying all of us to do this. On that call, me, my boss, several members of the C-suite from a multinational corporation, and the data compliance manager. They want to know why there's been a breach of contract. Do we not understand how important the deadlines are for this project? Please explain to us why we're paying you all of this money for something that's consistently late. My manager, adhering to the plan, absolutely throws me under the bus. I don't know why things are running so far behind. OP, would you care to explain why you're not meeting deadlines? Sure thing, boss. You got it. 
I've actually prepared a literal PowerPoint presentation of what's been going on. Slide 1. My email, filtered for communications between me and Data Compliance Engineer. 100 plus emails to Data Compliance Engineer. And 10 coming back from him. Slide 2. His little gem of a response to my polite request that he makes sure his data isn't garbage. Slide 3. Snippets of data I found particularly entertaining, including what looked like a spot where he just opened the file in Notepad and started smashing his keyboard. Slides 4 through 7. Comparisons of different files he's given me which are not garbage in the same way. Slide 8. The obvious conclusion from different versions having different garbage. He was sabotaging the files before sending them over. There's a moment of silence on the call, and you can see the data compliance manager open his mouth several times and just closes it again. The CEO of the company thanks me and then drops from the call. Almost immediately, everyone from the other company follows suit. Last Wednesday, bright and early, I got an email from a new data compliance engineer who has thus far proven to be a delight to work with. Couldn't be happier. The fruit I mentioned before? I replied all on an older email thread about something that had come up. Got two out-of-office replies. One from the old data compliance engineer, and another from the data compliance manager. Both of them had opted to take an extended leave of absence, and if any data compliance issues are urgent, please reach out to the new guy. I made it work. This, my friends, is why it is critical to cover your butt and, I guess in some cases, literally make an eight-slide PowerPoint presentation. Bottom line, if you gotta get your point across about somebody who is just screwing the pooch here, having a literal PowerPoint presentation you've provided to cover your butt is pretty good evidence. Our next story is, can't get an extension, you say? Okay, then. When I was in university, one class had a weekly assignment which was a one-page essay which was mandatory to pass, but only worth 1% of the final mark per weekly essay. So they made up 10% of the total mark in a 10-week semester. Each week I'd put in a lot of effort, and no matter what would get a mark of 9 out of 10, which equates to 0.9% of the 1% mark. This went on for about 6 weeks. I thought it was a little odd that it was always the same mark and was frustrated I didn't get full marks because they were basic questions and I answered perfectly but that's besides the point of the story. Anyway, my record thus far was perfect. I was a model student, never late, perfect work, etc. Now in week 7, I had a family emergency. I could not complete my essay and asked for one day's extension. One day. Given my record, I didn't envision an issue with this, but surprisingly the teacher denied my request and told me if I didn't submit it, I'd fail the course. Alrighty then, so I'd have dealt with said emergency. It was late. I opened my Word document, wrote half a sentence, and then typed some gibberish that looked like an error code and copied and pasted it down the page. Then I uploaded the essay online. You said I needed to submit my essay. Here it is. What I fully expected to happen was that the teacher would contact me and say that there was an error uploading my document and to please submit it. This would have been the next day since it was late at night when I submitted it and so I would have time to do it properly, which is what would have happened had she granted me the extension in the first place. What happened instead was I heard nothing, then I got my grade, 9 out of 10. What I figured out is my teacher must not have even been reading our essays. She was probably marking us based on our previous assignment grades and just copying and pasting the grade each week. The worst thing is, 
I couldn't report her, because that would have meant confessing to submitting an incomplete essay. Needless to say, for the last three weeks, I put minimal effort into my essays, and lo and behold, continued my streak of 9 out of 10. I love that in this situation, OP literally didn't do the work, submitted it hoping for an error and then would have to do the work, got a 9 out of 10, and their reaction was, I really want to report this person. If I found out this loophole, I would keep doing it for the rest of the semester, probably except for the things that were vitally important. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Our next story is, I need a doctor's note to work from home for more than two days while I have an unidentified, presumably contagious illness? If you insist, it's a tale as old as capitalism. My job, which, to be fair, I freaking adore working at and I'm so grateful for and happy at, requires a doctor's note because I've been sick and working from home for two days. Now, I haven't just had a minor cold or flu. Several days ago, I came down with the worst cold or flu symptoms you can imagine, and then things started going downhill from there. It got to the point where I've now been to the ER two days in a row because of tonsillitis and excruciating pain brought on by swallowing tiny sips of water. It's not great. And despite a whole battery of swabs and tests, the doctors don't know what the underlying bacteria or virus causing these symptoms is. Obviously, there's no way in heck I want to infect my coworkers with this plague, so I told HR that I would be working from home until I'm feeling better, since my job can be done 100% remotely. They hit me back with the ever-famous, if you need to work from home for more than two days in a week, you'll need a doctor's note, since it's against policy. My first instinct was to just go into work looking, sounding, and feeling like death warmed up, but A, I don't want to infect my colleagues, and B, I legitimately believe that I would pass out on my walk to work and would have to be taken to the hospital yet again. Instead, I spoke to the ER doctor from earlier this evening, my second visit in as many days. I asked him how long he thought I should stay away from work or work from home, and then told him I needed a note so I could stay home. He had a brief flash of vaguely furious, what the freak, cross his face at the eyes that my job would force someone as sick as I am to come in and risk the health of those around me, then assured me he would write the note. I was thinking it would just be a basic, OP should continue to work from home until the end of the week. Nah, bro came through for me. He wrote a note saying that I should be off of work for at minimum another week, and then added the piece de resistance as his last line. Infectious disease requires more time than two days to improve. I love any story like this where the doctors are absolutely appalled at these businesses being like, come on, you need a doctor's note. I know you're practically on your deathbed, but come on. Especially all the ones I've heard where they insist you have to come hand deliver the note. They really try their best to just get everybody sick there. Our next story is, who starts the dishwasher empties it? Okay. Not sure how this will be received, but here goes. I'm a master's student in a well-known university in my country. My job until my thesis is approved is to assist students with their analyses during hands-on laboratory courses and whoever needs assistance in my advisor's crew. Whether they are doctorate or masters, do analyses for whatever they do, I like what I do and I'm dang good at it. 
We had a chain of inconsequential feuds with a fellow master's student, let's call her F, during my first year here, after I devastatingly lost a lot of the elderly side of my family back to back. I know how it is to work with someone constantly feeling blue, but the way I was treated crossed the line. Constantly being told I was a downer and becoming a thankless errand boy made me hate F. She made her job to make my life heck every chance she had, twisting and turning the unwritten etiquette rules of the laboratory willy-nilly to inconvenience me, especially concerning cleaning the class equipment, making me take out the trash even though we had janitors, making me wash the dishes by hand and throwing whatever she was using in front of me without saying anything, the straw that broke the camel's back was last new year's joint gift to our advisor. The gist of it is that it quickly became a screaming match between us because I had to run to the pharmacy to get my dad's heart medicine and couldn't join the crew for getting the present. I had to run to a store and get my own. After that, I was singled out because I'm a male and she's a female. Raising my voice back at her was a cardinal sin. I had to do everything on my own. I made sure everything was going swimmingly and surprisingly made it work, publishing three articles in a year, but the bullying continued. The last rule that she added was emptying the dishwasher after starting it. I had nothing to do with the dishwasher at the time, but since I was the odd one out, the blame fell on me. Apparently, she was about to do her analyses for her thesis and nothing was in place. She was very vocal in our WhatsApp group containing our advisor. I was chewed out by the doctorate students. Screw it, let's dance. Come spring cleaning in our lab before the laboratory classes started. The dishwasher was loaded with all kinds of glass equipment. One of the doctorate students told F to start the dishwasher. This was two weeks ago. I haven't touched anything because I didn't start it, right? This morning I was doing some analyses in the lab and noticed the dishwasher was still full. This is my time to shine. I wrote verbatim down to every emoji she used to call her out on the very same thing I was chewed out for. I replied to her older messages about, people are constantly working in the lab so we should be diligent, and hit her with a, dis you? It was her day off so she now has to take the bus for two hours from her home just to get chewed out by the advisor. I got a nod of approval and an apology from our advisor on behalf of the crew. I'm feeling better about the whole ordeal now. I can only imagine when OP noticed that she started slipping up, didn't get to it right away, and they didn't say anything, that they were praying they would make the exact same mistake they got OP chewed out for. It must have felt so good in OP's shoes to be able to call it and throw it right back in her face. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.